The illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. Quote by Alvin Toffler. I'm Kim Krebs, your host for Equine Body Talks. I've been working for over a decade in the equine industry as a body worker and many years prior to that as a loper for cutting horse operations. With the many horses I've worked with in both of these capacities, it has driven me to want to continually find out the why and the hows of equine biomechanics, health and performance. To help these athletes achieve their best potential while limiting the wear and tear on their bodies. This podcast is dedicated to opening the conversation around equine wellness, diving deeper into the whole body approach for equine performance horses. As I think it's become evident, if you have listened throughout this year, continuing education is at the core of my belief system. Continuing ed for myself and to help others find valuable resources for their own growth and development, especially when it comes to horses. The world is full of information now we can find wherever, on Dr. Google or social media sites. Finding a source that is reliable, however, that's another question we need to ask ourselves. And staying on top of new and developing ideas around horse health and nutrition seems to be a full-time job. I certainly do my fair share of scrolling the internet to find topics of interest or for research projects I'm working on. It's the easiest source we have at our disposal these days. Until I can corroborate that information through multiple credible sources or scientific research documents, it only holds face value. So when I came across another person who seemed to have similar values on sharing education and doing so in a practical, professional-based manner, I was intrigued. Today's guest is that individual. Hey, everybody, it's Kim Krebs again here with Equine Body Talks. And today I'm really excited because we have on a fellow educator to talk to us um, about some of the things she's doing in the equine industry. So super exciting. I think continuing education is the way that um, we all need to be looking, as you know from listening to this podcast. But we have today Nicola Canard Comedy, who is founder and owner of NKC Equestrian Training. She's based out of the UK, so we are taking a leap across the pond, um, and that's very exciting for me. This is the first really long-distance call that, uh, that I've done. So um, welcome, Nicola, to the podcast. Oh, Kim, thank you so much to, for having me. It's lovely to be joining you today. And with modern technology, it's literally like we're in the same room. It's so clever, isn't it? It is. It's awesome. Not even a pause. So <laughs> that's great. Seamless. Yes. Let's hope the rest of it goes seamlessly. Cross our fingers, knock on wood here. <laughs> so I came across um, your information when I was on Instagram one day posting for our own continuing education that I do with in-hand equine therapy. And I, my eye was caught um, when I saw that you were hosting a conference with Dr. Sue Dyson. Um, and that's an opportunity I thought, ooh, I can't let this one go. I need to learn more about this. 
And uh, so I looked in further and have since signed up for your conference, which we're going to talk about a little bit further on in here. Um, but yeah, I think what you're doing in the, the equine industry is fabulous. The more I've gone through and looked at some of the courses that you offer, I just, I think it's awesome. So uh, thank you so much for being on the front end of wanting to educate people as well in this industry. I think it's great. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Um, you mentioned C. Dyson. I am such a fan. And I'm just so fortunate to work with so many amazing vets, including C. And I just love delivering training sessions for horse owners, for equine professionals. So it's my absolute pleasure, Kim. Honestly, nothing makes me happier than knowing the right information has gone to the right people who are then going to share it with more people it's going to help all the horses that in people's lives horses that you treat ride look after and oh it's just such a good feeling I love it oh absolutely it is awesome to be putting on the courses through in hand um, I get that same jittery feeling when we first start the pod and people come in and just the excitement about the learning and then seeing their minds just blown as they receive the information from the um, clinicians so yeah, it's it's very exciting. And Dr. Dyson, of course, is one of our <laughs> gurus in this industry. So being able to uh, be a part of that is something. I can't wait for the end of October to get here <laughs> so I can participate in that one. Before yeah, she's absolutely going, fantastic. Yes, yes. <laughs> Before we get going too far into the actual courses, which we're going to delve lots into that, but I'd like to know first a little bit more about you. I always like to know, you know, what is it that makes the people I'm talking to tick when it comes to horses. So where did you um, first get involved in the horse industry or where did you start your education as well? Oh, well, that's a brilliant question. I was the original pony mad child. I come from a non-horsey family, although I think horses kind of skipped a generation on my mum's side. So I've got lots of horsey family in Ireland, but um, yeah, my parents totally unhorsey and um, to this day, so I've ridden since I was quite a young child, my mum can just about put a head collar on and my dad less so, but they can both fill a hay net, which has proved useful over the years. Yes. Um, so yeah, I just, all I wanted to do was ride. That's literally all I ever wanted to do. It's all I asked was riding lessons, riding lessons, and then riding lessons progressed into helping out at a riding school, progressed into sort of sharing a, a riding school pony who I was then able to take to some shows I was just so keen. Horse and Pony magazine was my Bible. I just did everything that they said in the magazine and Pony magazine, as well as another big one I was in the UK. Read every horsey book going. I was a big fan of the Saddle Club, actually, which um, I don't know if you... I was based in America. I don't know if it was big in Canada as well. Um, again, it's stories of horsey kids. And I just absorbed anything horse-mad. And I finally bought my own horse when I was 21, um, by which point I had decided that what I wanted to do was teach people to ride horses. Oh, that's so awesome. That's uh, Yeah, so uh, I uh, trained to teach riding. Um, I had um, some teaching, basic teaching qualifications, and I spent a, a year in New Zealand, which was really fun. Did some track riding, um, which was way harder than it looked, certainly. I, you know, kind of fresh off the um, UK horsey scene. I was like, oh, God, I can ride anything. Yes, that was quite an experience. It was really good fun, though. Um, and then, yeah, came back to the UK, 
did some work in polo and then I finished my teaching qualifications and did lots and lots of teaching for many years. It was brilliant fun. Really, really loved that. Oh, for sure. That's that's great. I think uh, we came from very similar backgrounds. My parents knew nothing about the front end or the rear end of a horse either when we first got involved. <laughs> and they just, you know, played along, not never knowing that it was going to lead to a career for me either. So that's fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's it must actually be quite hard um, for the parents if you if your child is headlong into horses and you really haven't got a clue. Now I've got my own children who, ironically, aren't even that only interested in horses. Um, I think it must have been quite tricky actually um, for for parents who aren't horsey but have got horsey offspring. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the the teaching side, um, as I said, really enjoyed, and then I wanted to build more on the science side, so I. Eventually completed a master's um, in applied equine science at the Royal Agricultural University. Um, and yeah, and then things have kind of sort of snowballed on from there, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, that is exciting. I think um, also being an entrepreneur that you are, just finding those niche parts in the market as well, um, which you've now found those holes to be able to help fill, which is great. Yeah, definitely. I think really I just created my dream job um, yeah. <laughs> because I love teaching. I love horses. But I love, love, love the science side. And I just wanted to be able to help more than one person at a time, which teaching riding, you are basically teaching, unless you're teaching groups, but you're not really having, although you're, you're helping these people and their horses, I just wanted to have a bit more of an impact, um, which is how I sort of snowballed into more courses and a, a sort of stronger online presence. And um, yes, then as you said, the conference and yes, definitely have found my niche for yeah. sure. Oh, I would say so. <laughs> and is there many people in the UK that are offering continuing education like that? Oh, there's plenty of different um, learning outlets. Yeah, right. for sure. There's, there is a whole manner of things. We are very into horses in, yeah. in the UK um, yeah, and, and that's the beauty of learning online is that you could be offering training from any country or you could be joining training from any country. Um, and I think there's, there's so many perks to, to doing stuff online. Um, it's like doing the conference online this year. It's great because no one needs to travel further than their laptop. And it just means people from further afield like yourself can join us, which is fantastic. Just being able to open open up the door to these amazing experts and just help more people that's all I want to do is help people and their horses so the more people I can help the better for sure oh definitely 100% I agree with that um, having the basis of good fundamental education that has um, you know uh, uh, the people behind it to back it the the uh, uh, I guess we all, we get into a touchy area around here as well. I'm sure um, it's theirs, but in regards to the type of courses, and there's so many different ones, which is how do you find the right ones, but having them led by individuals um, that are veterinarians that have that type of background that you know that the quality of the content they're, they're bringing forth um, is worthwhile paying the money for. So it's a, uh, it's yeah, definitely. Great. I love the fact that I work with vets on all the training um, because I know that we're offering the latest recommendations. And 
I know that it's based on science. I know it's based on fact. And I know that what we're saying is, is the right thing. And I'm sure, I'm sure you find the same problem. People, there's all sorts of information available online. Some of it's excellent. Some of it's not. And um, I just, as you, you know, we already talked about that lovely, like, that feel good feeling, knowing that people have got the right information, they've got the facts and they will make better decisions um, because they've got their information from a really, you know, good reputable source. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. And then the continuation of factual information can grow as opposed to having yeah. information that's brought forward that maybe is based in, like you said, information they had 10 years ago when, you know, they may have gained that education, but having somebody on the forefront, such as veterinarians um, that are always and need to, by law, required to do their continuing education yearly, you know that the information coming from them um, is definitely up to notch, <laughs> top notch. So Yeah, totally. Totally. It's so important. Yeah. And it, it gives me such great peace of mind that I can offer the, the right recommendations for sure. Yeah, exactly. So when I was doing a little bit of research on you, I was um, able to see that the first type of courses you put together was geared around the equine first aid. Is that right? That is totally correct. And actually, it's coming up to three years ago that I ran that first horse first aid course. And at the time, that was not planned to be a business. Um, it was just something I thought, oh, this would be really good fun. And I remember it was last August or three years ago in August. I was thinking about it a couple of weeks ago. I set up a little Facebook event on my phone and I thought, oh, I'll just see what happens. I, I did it in a sort of local area, got a vet on board and I thought, oh, I'll see if I, yeah, I'm sure I can get 20 people to come. I was flooded with interest, which was brilliant. And it was just so much fun. I just absolutely love putting on. So I thought, like, oh, I'll do a couple more. This is really fun. And then Next year, it was so much fun. I actually ran 35 courses that oh, wow. second year, 2018, yeah. Oh, wow. And then, yes, I've just done more and sort of diversified the courses slightly. But yeah, Horse First Aid is still a course that runs today. And that was the first course that I offered. And it's been popular with, or it's been super popular, but it's been popular with owners as well as equine professionals. And I think knowing that you are doing like the right thing when it comes to colic, knowing that you um, have got the latest recommendations on biosecurity, just so, so important. Um, how to clean wounds, when to call the vet. You know, people, we get so many what I call aha moments. And people are like, oh, I did not know that. Yes. Like uh, we don't recommend the sort of standard use of hippie scrub for like an everyday cut with an everyday owner. Saline solution should be fine because hippie scrub, as I'm sure you know, is, is, it's very strong. It's yeah. meant for a more clinical setting. And most owners don't use it correctly. They use it at too strong a concentration, yes. don't rinse it off, scrub too hard. And it's too abrasive and it, it is you know, potentially causing more damage. Um, and the number of people have been like, whoa, I didn't know that. So yeah. that's been, um, yeah, just just great course. It's so much fun. We've had so, so many people come on that. And it's great knowing that these people have left and now moving forward, they will treat, they'll have better knowledge to treat cuts. Hopefully, they don't need a lot of the information like the emergency staff. But if they do, they'll be putting themselves 
in a safe position. They won't be dragging these poor horses around for colic kissing. Force walking is out the window, gentle in hand walking, great, but the force walking is long gone. Um, and that's just such a great feeling knowing that these horses, hopefully these people don't need the information. I hope nothing happens to their horses, but yeah. horses are horses. They don't always read the email, do they? Or the rule book. Um, they'll be equipped. And that's a, that's a really nice feeling for sure. Yes. And that's all that you can do as an educator is give people the information and hopefully they, they take all of it in <laughs> and are able to utilize yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Or not utilize it if their horses can stay healthy, but <laughs> fingers crossed they you don't know. need to utilize it. I do get lots of messages and emails afterwards saying, you know, my horse then did have a cut and here's a picture right. of what I use and here's the bandage. And that's just so lovely. It's so lovely to get that feedback. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's super popular, that course. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, one of the other courses that really struck me was that you offer some dissection courses. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that is right. So yeah. gone slightly on hold at the moment yeah. because we have not worked a way to do COVID secure dissection because as you can imagine, everyone's getting very close to see all the interesting structures. But yes. yeah, we've run quite a few dissection days and they're not for everybody. I totally oh. understand that. But if you want to understand what bit goes where in a horse, in my mind, it really is kind of the only way to really really get that fully into your head um it's you know it's how medics and, and vets learn themselves um and it's so interesting we have found so many oh just just so many different things each time and although uh, the day has a, a set structure you kind of don't know where it's going to take you particularly when we look at um the stomach and do you find ulcers do you not are they really bad it's just so interesting and we found um, we, d- we did a lung- we do a lung dissection, and we had a Shetland pony to look at once, um, as well as a larger horse. And I mean, obviously there was a size difference, but it was very interesting seeing the insides um, of the Shetland's lungs, which were quite fibrosed, which apparently is um, I didn't know this until the day uh, a condition that they can often suffer with. So it was absolutely fascinating, and that's such a, an amazing perk that I have. So although I put the all the presentations together with my lovely vets, I always learn something on the day. So to have written a course and then also learn whilst you're there, you know, helping to deliver it, you couldn't really ask for much more than that as job satisfaction. Absolutely. And I agree with you in regards to the dissections. It's not for everybody, but if you are working in the equine industry as a professional, I just, in my own opinion, don't know how you can go about um, without having done a dissection simply for that matter is you really don't get the whole gist of what's happening underneath your hands um, until you can see it live, you know, in, in, in person in the dissection. Um, I remember the very first one I did three years ago, the thing that really struck me the most was the fascia, you know, just, just that the, the breadth of it throughout the body, but then the real intricacy of how um, it can get so adhesed in areas, and then other areas it was it was just smooth as butter. Um, it, it was just it literally blew my mind and totally changed how I then went about and worked on horses 
um, going forward because I had that visual now underneath my hands um, every time I, I worked on them. So yeah, I think I think they're awesome. And uh, we have one planned here at the end of this, uh, or sorry, end of November, which we do every year um, in conjunction with uh, one of the veterinary clinics, Energy Equine. And we're very excited. Um, format on it has changed slightly, but I agree with you. You never really know. You have all the planning, the best laid plans put forward, and then the horses present um, themselves. And uh, it's it's just fascinating being able to to work with them. And, and it's truly is a final gift that uh, they're able to give to us. So, oh, it is. You're so right. I think it's it's such an incredible privilege, and um, I think you can get a very skewed understanding of anatomy, even just as an owner, if you're just looking at a book. Yeah. It really, it, it's just not accurate um, compared to actually seeing it in person. So I think if you can put science to the front of your mind, not trying to connect the structures to a, a pony you used to have or your own horse or something, I think if you can just go with a science mind, yeah, I would really would recommend it to everybody. It is absolutely fascinating. It is. It truly is. Yes. Yeah. So much, so much they can give to us for sure in that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously you're very passionate about the horses and bringing the education together. So that's awesome. You have somewhat um, change some of it from what I see on, on Facebook and social media, Instagram now in regards to doing more as well with um, marketing. Is that an area as well that you're bringing? Yeah. So during lockdown, I was very lucky that the lovely Sue Dyson very kindly um, did some training sessions for me. So I had around lots and lots of online training in, in in lockdown in the UK, which was March. It feels like it's never really ended, but, right. <laughs> but March until sort of end, end of June was, was let's call it a, a firm lockdown. So online training was, was my savior, definitely. Um, and I was very fortunate that we had more and more equine professionals coming on. Um, and I suppose I'm just a bit nosy, but that does always say lead me, you know, when, when new people come on, so I'm, I'm I'm very welcoming, very friendly, and I, it's, I do miss face-to-face stuff. So the best next thing I can do is connect with people on social media. And I noticed the more I was chatting with people online, that the, the um, sort of lack of consistency and not utilizing social media, I felt that a lot of physios, massage therapists, and other equine professionals were doing. And it just kind of lodged this idea in the back of my mind, sort of in the springtime. I was like, I feel like there is a need for some business help. Mm-hmm. These people are busting their guts helping horses day after day, but I feel like they're missing a little key in the in the overall business. And and I was thinking about it some more, and I was like, I know that they've done years of training, but I'm pretty certain marketing, business sort of stuff, mindset around business hasn't really been covered in any of this fantastic training like they're the best therapists you know amazing but they're not always shouting about it and the more people I spoke to the more I realized that there were the same themes coming up like imposter syndrome self-doubt and oh oh I don't oh I don't really want to promote myself too much 
would you like some more clients? Yes, I'd love a few more clients. So I just felt really compelled to help in that area. So that's, as you, as you said, my content has changed slightly over the last sort of eight weeks because I've just launched and starts tomorrow, so excited, a 12-week program designed to help equine professionals, well, practitioners really. So we've got a mixture of physios and, and um, massage therapists coming on with supporting them with business because I know um, through being an entrepreneur, whoa, I feel like I have gone the long route in a lot of things. Yeah. And so I've got some amazing guest speakers and together we are going to, we're going to nail it over 12 weeks. We're going to take people through the things that we wish we had known sooner. Lots of shortcuts. So the program is focusing on knowledge uh, so that will be the kind of CPD or continuing education side. And Sue's speaking again on that program as well. I've got another brilliant FEI vet speaking as well. Um, so that's one, one pillar, if you like. But if, you had, if you've got that, great. But you also need what I call the mindset for success. And that's where we're going to be addressing the self-doubt, the imposter syndrome, that feeling of, oh, I don't really want to shout about myself, even though my clients are constantly telling me I'm amazing and I've helped the whole so I don't want to mention it. Yeah, we're going to be sorting that out. And then we're going to be looking at marketing as well, because in my mind, even if you've got the first two covered, if you haven't actually mentioned it to anybody, what you do and how you can help their horse, they can't possibly book you. So yeah, it's, it's a it's a slight um, different turn, but um, it's the same. I just want to help so much. And as I said, the more people I spoke to, the more I realized it was the same things coming up. And I am so excited to be helping these lovely people. Yeah. Between tomorrow and uh, just the run up to Christmas. Yeah. We've got 12 very busy weeks planned and it's going to be fantastic. But I saw that and I was so tempted to join and I just thought, these next 12 weeks, I can't commit to that because we're running. Do not worry. We are starting it again in February. I've oh, already got, it's already um, filling up for February actually. Um, because yeah, it's this, this autumn might not be the best time for some people, but do not panic. You haven't missed out February. There are spaces and it will be running exactly the same program. Oh, good. And I was just so excited to help. Yeah, that I think you really hit um, a, a niche there with people that, like myself, super keen, um, you know, trying to explore other avenues. Uh, but the whole idea of promoting yourself is something that is scary and not, yeah, not that what we're most of us are used to either. So. <laughs> So being able to get that out there and really be able to promote yourself and your business, uh, I think is ideal for body workers and, and physios as you, as you have out there in the UK. So that's great to have that kind of courses out there. Oh yeah. It's so exciting. It's even more horses to be helped. Yeah. It's brilliant. And I just, I just know that they, with a few little tweaks, it's just going to make such a difference. Um, they've got plenty of work to do we've got a pretty busy schedule planned but um it's going to be a great journey and there'll be hand holding or butt kicking whatever is required or maybe both simultaneously just to make sure there's lots of support to make sure people make these changes these little tweaks that they need to do to just get themselves in the right place because they're already doing a fantastic job 
They just need to know that they're doing a fantastic job and, and just communicate it a little bit more. That's all. Yes. And I think the other thing is the whole social media marketing um, world, which for you know many of us in my generation, I hate saying that now, makes me feel very old. <laughs> But it is such a learning curve. We talked a little bit about this before we started this recording. Um, just, you know, technology is changing so quickly. And it's, you think you have a handle on it. And then, you know, they bring some other feature out that, uh, that you need to learn about. And it's just constantly evolving, I guess, is the thing that it's hard to stay on top of. So <laughs> being able to access courses like this will be fabulous going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's really interesting what you said. Like, there is so many options. And I think overwhelm is such a, a common problem, um, which is why week two, week one, we're looking um, at audience, but week two, we're looking at narrowing down your niche a little bit so that you don't feel like you have to be all things to anybody with a horse. Oh. Because I think that's what makes it all seem too, a bit overwhelming is that you're trying to talk to everybody in your marketing. Um, because you want to help everyone and you want to help their horse. And it's obviously a great sentiment, but if you could perhaps be as a professional, a little bit clearer on which kind of horses do you want to help? So think of some of the people joining the program. We've got one lady who does a lot with performance horses and race horses. Um, and we've got people who probably work more on the leisure side. Uh, and of course their marketing uh, and their messaging is going to be very, very different. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to, the types of riders you want to t- track those types of riders that would be, you know, competing at a higher level, very different from somebody who, whilst they adore their horse, they might not do anything more strenuous than quick jog around the school twice a week or something. It's, it's just going to be very different um, things that you'd need to be saying. Uh, and I think that can just really help with the overwhelm if you are clear on who you're talking to mm-hmm. and it just, means that you don't have to be trying to do 110 things and spreading yourself too thinly. Yeah. And that, that is something that I can relate to. (laughs) I definitely need your course. (laughs) I've got an, I've got a place with your name on already for February. Do not panic. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Well, we'll be right in the midst of our um, coldest months then. So it'll be good timing to sit down in the office. Definitely. Good time to be inside for sure. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So now that you're able to do so much more online as well, do you find you do have a lot of international students that are taking part in your courses? Yeah, which is really, really nice. Um, We probably pre pre lockdown um we had a a couple doing online courses from overseas but yeah it's it's so exciting to be able to help people in other countries much much more easily um i think pre lockdown if you had said to your average horsey person wherever they were based in the world let's just hop on a zoom call and i'll just tell you all about this course or you know the coachings by zoom People have what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have all become very used to, you know, talking with video link and so forth. And that has enabled perhaps more people to look for perhaps more online training options um, and, and perhaps more people to feel more comfortable with, with uh, learning online. Yeah. So, yes, it's great to welcome people from all around the world for sure. 
Yes. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that really blew my mind when I started this podcast was I thought I would connect with people around um, Alberta, maybe even Canada. (laughs) Uh, And now there's people worldwide listening to this podcast, which has, as I say, really kind of blown my mind um, that so many people internationally are, are interested in talking about and hearing about equine body work um, and being able to learn more as well. So yeah, I think that that international market is, is uh, huge and that it, it's a much yeah. bigger field um, than I even recognized when I first started. So exciting. Sky's the limit. It's very exciting for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Would you say uh, for people that are starting out and maybe this is not as fair a question right now, we'll have to ask you in 12 weeks after you had a chance to um, mingle with the people in the course, but what is something that you think most body workers or physios, equine professionals that are starting out, what is their biggest challenge to overcome when they first start their businesses? Is it that imposter syndrome? I would say it's the mindset for sure. Um, And I know from years of being a freelance riding instructor, it's I would I felt that myself I would ride these fabulous horses and then people would pay me and I'd think oh that was so much fun I feel I should be paying you which is of course the wrong mindset and we shouldn't feel guilty for being paid for something that is our passion but sometimes it's easy to do um not comparing yourself I think social media as we've said is amazing however there is a downside and that is that you're just starting your business you probably will follow other businesses and then you're seeing somebody else who is maybe 10 more years into their journey. You're not comparing like for like, but it's easy to make comparisons and then just kind of fall into a bit of a fit of despair and doom. But I think it's the mindset. So it's stopping this imposter syndrome. It's not comparing yourself. It's staying in your lane and staying super positive and just taking daily little I'm, I'm big on baby steps little steps that will just keep moving you forward and knowing what you want as well what you want your business to look like because that's so different for everybody like it it might be that actually you only want to work afternoons and perhaps into the evening because you want to ride your own horses or maybe you've got you know young children or something it might be that you want to work lots of the weekends you don't want to work at the weekend it doesn't matter what it is but I think if you've got a bit of a vision of how you want your business to look like and you can nail the mindset you've already done all the hard work which was all the training mm-hmm. um that is what I think is the missing piece of the puzzle because as I said all the exams all the studying all, all the tough stuff is done you've got your piece of paper you're good to go and that's what I think is holding people back Mm-hmm. I would agree with you 100% on that. That is uh, that is something that, as I say, I've, again, struggled with myself in the years previous, and it's really getting to know yourself as an individual and as a, as a therapist and having that belief, but you can't help. So I think that's the shortfall of social media, no matter whether it's in a personal life or a business life, you do go, scroll through and as much as you're happy for other people, you do kind of go, oh, well, I could do that. 
I could do that better. Maybe I could, maybe I couldn't, but it's, it is that comparison and um, that's tough. It's something that we need to really just believe in ourselves and believe in our business and, and not take it to that next level of how you're going to uh, compete against the other individual. It's not about that. It's more about competing against yourself and, and bringing more of yourself forward. Uh, I think anyhow, but uh, yeah, definitely. I think what's really helpful is to just focus on, on what you have got and being so grateful for that. And, and just enjoying where you are, you can still enjoy your uh, whilst once striving to move forward and in personal and business life. And I think that it's easy to just f- focus on what you haven't got and then just be like, oh, but why is this happening? I want X more clients. I, I want to be treating racehorses. I want to be doing this. Um, and kind of almost neglecting the positive feelings that you could be feeling around the clients you've got now or, or exactly where you are. So I think gratitude and just enjoying where you are, yeah. even if it's not your long-term goal, is, is super important. Mm-hmm. True words. Very true. So now is the exciting part. Can you tell us a little bit more about this upcoming conference? Um, that is- oh, of course I can. Yes. So it's running on the 31st of October, which wasn't my original plan, I have to say, Halloween, but uh, <laughs> fancy dress is optional. It was the only date that, um, that Sue was available. Um, so she spoke at my conference last year and I was so desperately keen to have her back. Um, so I said to her last year, last November, tell me your dates for, for, for 2020. And this was like the, one of the only ones. So that's oh. why we're going on, on Halloween, but that's fine. So we've got an action-packed day. Um, we have got, we're hearing from Sue Jason twice. She is presenting one session about cancer, um, which I've, I get a little bit of a, a, a sneak preview of everything. Um, so I get to see all the slides and I put all the workbooks together. But even so, I always learn so much from, from Sue in particular. So about cancer and why your horse's cancer might be trying to tell you something. So if you've ever had a cancer, I know I have, what Sue calls a washing machine cancer, which I think is a great analogy where you just really can't quite sit to it. And I would always think, oh, that's just me. I'm just not moving through my lower back enough it must be my hip it must be that old ankle I'd always find a reason for it to be me but it can actually be the horse you know trying to say actually this bit of me is not quite right so what is your horse's cancer trying to tell you is one of our topics with Sue she's also presenting some of her work um that uses the facial expressions and the ridden horse ethogram Mm -hmm. uh, applied to five star event horses and it's their behavior in the warm-up of the cross-country section compared to their performance cross country, which is, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to hear what the results are on that. That's going to be fantastic. Um, we have got Russell Guire from Central Biomechanics. He is talking about rug slip um, and whether that um, can show asymmetry in the horse. Again, something that I'm sure we all see yeah. or have seen and how many of us would just be like, oh, straight in the rug think nothing more of it so that's going to be a real eye-opener and he's also presenting some recent findings on saddle bridle fit you know kind of what do we need to know because it's been so much interesting research so he's going to be doing a bit of a round on that we've got um kate grenshaw who is an fei treating vet for eventing she's going to be talking us through warming up and cooling down 
what we really need to do and why we must be a bit more consistent at shows and competitions because I think we've all fallen into that trap as riders where you've got a good warm-up at home. You get to the show, your mind's not perhaps on the job or you're running late or your class is late and you have warmed up and then you end up hanging around and we're not always doing the right things for optimal performance for our horses. So that's going to be great to hear Kate's um, take on that. And our final speaker of the day is Andrew Hemmings, who he um, is, is a lead at the Royal Agricultural University. Um, and he's done so much interesting work into how horses' brains work. Um, he's very well known for his crib biting research, and that's what he's going to be talking us through. And how he's, he had a really good write-up in, in Horse and Hound earlier this year, which was saying how crib biting is basically a horse's way of coping. I suppose like a person might go, oh, I need a glass of wine today. Right. Um, I mean, hopefully not for breakfast, maybe at the end of the day. Um, and how actually stopping horses from cribbing can be causing a lot more stress to them. And we've often thought that if one horse cribs, the horse in you know next door's yeah. table, that will automatically start doing it. And he's got some research that actually challenges a lot of those norms, which I love challenging norms. If there's research to back up, of course. So that is going to be, yeah, mind blown day for sure. That's really exciting. looking forward to it. Yes, me too. <laughs> I was glad yeah. that I saw them. Yeah. So the day is recorded um, because I appreciate it's quite a long time to spend the day in front of your computer and, you know, different time zones and so forth. So the sessions are recorded and available afterwards. Um, plenty of chances to ask questions. We love people typing in the chat while we're going through and then we'll have a separate, we'll try and answer as many questions as we can after each talk, but then we'll have a separate short Q&A session afterwards. And if we can't get through all of those questions, um, which I'm sure we will, my lovely speakers have very kindly said that they will answer any questions afterwards and that will all get emailed out. Because I think sometimes it's other people's questions can be really insightful. I know really? I've often thought, wow, that's, God, that's a good question. Why did I think to ask yeah. that? So yeah. I really encourage questions um, because it, it can just really add to the learning experience, I find. Oh, agreed. I think being able to learn from a group of people like that, uh, like you say, somebody will come up with a question you you thought you should have asked <laughs> um, yeah. that uh, you didn't know how to put into words. So it's it's great to be able to learn from other people as well. Yeah. And how often do you put on the conferences then? Is it so the brief? conference is annual okay. once a year and we have other courses you know, happening more frequently. But yeah, the conference is kind of all singing, all dancing. That's a, that's a once a year spectacular. Um, last year it was in person. This year it is online. And I guess next year I'm probably going to go with a hybrid. If I really hope we're able to, to run an event in person, but there will certainly be a digital edit. So that do not panic. You can join us from wherever you like in the world next year as well. But I think we will host, if it's possible, something in person as well as having um, an online version, because I think that really offers the best of both worlds. Oh, absolutely. Yes, it's 
it's not always feasible to be able to, well, obviously right now travel at all um, internationally, <laughs> sometimes even locally, not so, so uh, possible. So um, being able to have that online option is great. And the fact that we can listen to it recorded too, um, live would be great. So we can join in on the questions, but even if we aren't able to with the time zones or um, work, or like you say, being Halloween, some people will be out having to trick or treat with their kids. <laughs> so um, nice to be able to listen to it at a, at our leisure as well. So yeah, good. Yeah, definitely. You. And you know, horses being horses, you just days don't always get a plan, do they? So oh. yes, lots of flexibility. That's great. Yes. Um, and the big question for most people that may be just hearing about the conference for the first time is it sold out, or are there still tickets available? We've got 20 spaces left. So if you would like to come, as you know, 19, somebody just booked earlier. So oh. hurry up. <laughs> Going fast. Um, you can, yeah, yeah, move fast. And that is a, that's a real thing, not like one of those fake, yeah, there's no spaces left. Yeah. Um, so genuinely move fast because there genuinely are now 19 spaces. I've cracked myself, not 20. Um. And yeah, you can find all the information on my website. Okay, perfect. And I'm going to have the link to your website um, and your social media on the show notes. But for those that maybe aren't uh, aren't going to go to the show notes, can you give us your email or your um, website really quickly? Yes, of course. It's www.nkcequestrian.com. And if you click, um, there's a big yellow button that says book now, click there, you will find all of our courses, first aid, the conference, the expert academy program, everything is all listed up there. Oh, that's fabulous. Well, I can't thank you enough, Nicola, for joining me today and talking all things education. Um, it's such a passion of mine. Is there anything you'd like to leave uh, the listeners with? Oh, what a great question. Well, firstly, Kim, thank you so much for having me. I have loved joining you today. I think if you are um, a horse owner listening, my best advice would be try to get the most up-to-date information you possibly can and, and forge the best working relationship with your vet. Like, I appreciate different parts of the country, different parts of the world. It's harder to have so much one-to-one contact with a vet you know just geographical distances can make it harder but modern technology it's so fantastic and vets are wherever they are in the world they are there to help and they are just so incredibly giving with their knowledge so I think trying to do the best for your horse by getting the best relationship with your horse um, with your vet and the most up-to-date knowledge and for professionals as I've said mindset I just think that is where we are just getting in our own way. So I think there's so many amazing books and resources. I've got lots of recommendations on my Instagram for reading lists and so many motivational videos on YouTube. So, so many just things you could do yourself. Um, but I just think trying to just stay in your lane, not compare yourself, just keep focusing on what a great job you are doing and block out everything else and just keep moving forward. That'd be my best advice. So sorry, that was double advice, but I just wanted to cover off the different groups of people listening. That's perfect. That's perfect. I think it's the best advice to end this with for sure. So thank you once again, Nicola. And um, oh, I hope to talk to you soon and excited to be a part of the conference here shortly. 
Oh, thanks so much, Kim. Take care and we will definitely speak soon. That was a fun interview to have with Nicola. I love chatting with other people who share similar interests and having it be my first international interview as well. As Nicola mentioned, there are a few seats left in the conference with Dr. Sue Dyson that she is hosting the end of October. So be sure to go onto her website to register if you are interested or to check out her other course offerings. Keep learning and growing your knowledge. As the quote mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it's not just about learning and thinking we are done. Always stay engaged, willing to hear new thoughts or concepts, and if need be, relearn. It's an evolving process. I hope everyone is staying safe and well as we look forward to new beginnings, changing into another season. Fall here is my favorite time of year. A huge thank you as well to everyone that reached out to me after hearing my Taking a Break episode. I hope it wasn't alarming or for people to feel there was something terribly wrong. I wanted to simply point out that we are all dealing with thoughts, emotions, and feelings on a continual basis, and then it can become overwhelming at times. Please don't ever think you are alone. Taking a break, recharging, and talking are important mechanisms to help us all. We live in such a fast-paced and comparative world, but we are all still individuals needing to find our own way. Being unique and taking your own path is such a blessing to explore. So to end this episode, I just wanted to send out my love to you all and thank you for sharing yours with me. I'm very thankful that you have chosen to listen to the episode today, and I appreciate each rating and review you can give, which helps grow this podcast. Reach out to the social media pages to hear about what's coming up on the next episodes.